Welcome to We Go There. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... But hey, we go there. Because there's no such thing as having too much information when it comes to your health and wellness. We dive deep into topics, interview experts, and get answers you need. Because knowledge is power. And feeling empowered is what we're all about. So let's go there. So part B, sequel to this conversation, is all about your experience with cesarean birth recovery. And you had the unique privilege, Lexi. The privilege. The privilege of having a vaginal delivery and a cesarean in the same day. I know. I'm just the luckiest. (laughs) So we wanted to make this about a sort of like a resource for anybody who is looking for guidance on early recovery. We're talking like in the hospital, when you first get home, dealing with older kids, scar care, all these things. So right now you are eight weeks post your very first cesarean, Mm -hmm. first cesarean, fourth kid. Um, And you've had a very different experience now. You have a reference point of what's a vaginal recovery like. I mean, granted, you had uncomplicated vaginal deliveries, no tearing, like very easy. Mm-hmm. Not that anything's easy. No, but- it was, yeah, I'm fortunate with them. Yes. And all of a sudden, then to a T incision cesarean, which for people who don't know, maybe you want to explain it. Yeah. So it's a T incision. So normally you'd have one incision, just a horizontal incision in your uterus. And this is, two so perpendicular vertical a vertical story and yeah. horizontal yeah back to geometry so, class here <laughs> like it just failed <laughs> um okay so that's a lot yeah this episode of the we go there podcast is brought to you by the bell method a fitness company that blends pilates with pelvic health creating choreography from science You might feel overwhelmed at all the abs after baby programs promising to make you bounce back after birth, or maybe you're feeling unsure of how to exercise in pregnancy and prepare your body for delivery. It can be tough to navigate what information is credible and evidence-based. Women deserve better. I created all of our programs with the guidance of pelvic health physiotherapists, and we continue to evolve our programming to stay current with the latest research. At The Bell Method, we ditch guilt and bring balance to our bodies with programs designed to fit your life stage. We'll help you reduce incontinence, diastasis recti, and prolapse, so you feel strong, confident, and empowered throughout pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. I invite you to enjoy 10% off your first class session with the code WEGOTHERE10. Visit www.thebellmethod.com for more. Uh, so let's start with Kate. And I'm no expert. And so, and I also really was not open to entertaining yes. C-section you recovery. So, you was like, oh, it's not happening. I'm not having, I'm not C-section. having a C-section. And then it happened. And then it happened. So I was the most unprepared. Mm-hmm. Even in your push prep course where you do touch upon like all the things, right? I would, anytime anyone talked about C-sections, even my naturopath was like, okay, and for C-section, blah, 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 blah. I just like turn off my brain. Yeah. You were very like energetically like trying to make sure it didn't, didn't happen. And I, and I I think that also part of that was because everybody said, oh, you're having twins. When's your C-section? And you're like, no, I'm not having a C-section. I've had 
you're in really great births. There's no reason why. And you were a very good candidate for having a vaginal yeah. twin birth. And then, well, listen to the first podcast. Yeah, exactly. The story on what happened. Well, I didn't. Yeah, through through nothing that we could have possibly predicted or controlled. So again, as they say, shit happens. But um, yeah, we definitely. I'm still learning because yeah. Nikki just taught me something that I should have done from day one that I didn't do. So, um, so I've got some tips that I've learned. Mm-hmm through just reaching out to people and trying to do as much as I can, because as soon as I was able to kind of come to terms with the fact I'd had a C-section, it was like, okay, now how can I get back to like me and my body being working with me again um, as soon as possible? And I will say the as soon as possible is the wrong way to think about it. I'm glad that you're leading with that because this is a common thing. People also reach out because you're you like moving your body. You like working out some part of your life. It's how you reduce stress. It's an outlet for you. Mm-hmm. And you've even said that it's taken a lot longer. This so time. much longer. And it's, it, it's one of the more frustrating parts because dealing with uh, trauma and your laboring experience and then not having the outlet that you normally use to deal with stress situations. And that for me being movement, even the fact that I couldn't even go for like a little walk, like walking up my street at the beginning and leaving my house was like winning. And that is <laughs> not who I am. So, and, and I still did too much in the beginning and got a setback. So it's really important that the, as soon as possible is just not, mm-hmm. you've got to go slow. And I'm saying that as someone who cannot go slow, mm-hmm. um, but has had setbacks and it's taken me now longer to get to the point of now, finally, I'm getting a sign off that I can start to move yeah. again slowly. What was the setback? So I did, I really think I, or I know I did too much and it resulted, I had like a hematoma. Um, What's a hematoma? So it's like a, basically a ball of uh, uh, tissue that, um, scar tissue buildup mm-hmm. from the C-section, but because I was doing so much like the inflammation that I was experiencing around my scar and all of that was making this situation even worse to the point that it was on my left or sorry, right side of my body. They thought I had appendicitis and I had to go to merge three weeks postpartum, which experiencing trauma, like recovery, having four kids that now are at home, two of them being reliant on your boobs and then going to emerge I was just bawling the entire time and then not even, and then it being nothing linked to appendicitis whatsoever. It's just merely the fact that you push too hard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you're blaming yourself for it. So that piece is so critical. And with C-section and we talked about it just in our last one, it's like you are undergoing surgery mm-hmm. and it is an intense surgery where everything in your body has now been shifted around yep. out of place and put back together and then you're sewed up. And it's seven layers, isn't it? Seven yes, layers it is. of things. Tissue, fascia, muscle, the peritoneum, like all sorts of like... That are cut through. Yes. Yeah. And this is where, you know, we. this is probably a good segue to talk a little bit about scar massage. But I think before we do that, let's go chronological. Mm-hmm. So like take us back to the hospital. And one of the things I said, and you were, you were like, really? I was like, so did you wear your binder right away? And you're like, wait, what? I put it on like at six weeks. I was like, 
after my scar healed. I said, Nikki, yeah, you, that belly's ink. Oh, I love that thing. I put it on like after, right after the scar healed. She's like, no, 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 no. You need to put that on like right afterwards. If you're, you know, you, it's what it's meant. So, so when you cough, sneeze, Ugh. you know, there, there's a burst of intra-abdominal pressure, awful pooping, all these things can, can cause really like it be a little freaky, right? You feel it's, that. So, it's so painful and it, you feel it coming. And anyone who pees their pants when they sneeze, it's like that sensation of, you know, what's going to happen because you're about to sneeze, but this is the reverse. You're not peeing your pants. You're just experiencing like this burst of extreme pain. Yeah. Oh, and so that wrap is meant to, gen- it's not a waist trainer. It's a gentle no. support wrap. They give it to people after abdominoplasty. Why like, don't they give it to people when they have a C-section? Some hospitals do. It's a t- think of it like a tensor bandage yes, around. It looks like that. Yeah, around your midsection. You just want to make sure you're not cinching it so tightly that you're putting downward pressure on your pelvic floor. Right. But it can be really helpful, especially if you have older kids at home, which you do, mm-hmm. who are like uppy, and you're like, "Mommy has a boo boo." No, you can't. Yes, right. They say don't lift anything. Right. Don't lift anything over ten pounds. Basically, don't lift anything over your baby's weight, which right. mine together were ten pounds. <laughs> so. um and I did find, and I'll just provide this little tip. I I was recommended by someone to show my um, incision to my kids. So they're four, Piper and Clark, four-year-old and two-and-a-half-year-old, and show them the boo-boo that I have and tell them that it really hurts. Like, you can't jump on mommy. We have to be very careful with mommy's belly. And uh, mommy's not going to be able to pick you up for a while. Mm-hmm. And they've actually been... It's hard, but they're really good about it and being careful with me as much as they can. Uh, So I recommend that. And it's, I found that really hard because I couldn't even look at my incision. And then I'm having to show my kids my incision, which my disassociation with it was extreme because I was very much not proud of what I had on my body. I, Mm. I thought it was, I can't think of, like, it was disgusting to me. I just did not. Um, I didn't want to see it. I didn't look at it for probably like three weeks. This is a common thing I hear often from people who are, you know, in, in animals like try scar massage and they're like, um, gross. I can't. Mm-hmm. So how did you start to dive into that? So the best advice is on our C-section recovery, um, podcast that we'll be releasing, Soon. this season so within this season and i jumped on this and it's a funny one to listen to because i'm actually breastfeeding during it mm-hmm. but i had to be part of it because i didn't know the things i should be doing and i was going through the recovery at the time and she talked about how this is like the how your baby was welcomed into this world this is actually we actually have a physical thing that they can see and you can see that is showing like you bringing this beautiful gift into the world that you don't actually get with vaginal, you know, labors, I guess. I mean, you're tearing scar. I don't know, but it's, it represents that and what you went through and that being this life um, that now exists uh, today. So I was really emotional during that podcast and it really helped to kind of just mend that gap. And I did some of the things she recommended, which is sit there and like with my hand on my incision, mm-hmm. just alone in a room and breathe um, and just let it all kind of come out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
of the pain that was associated with it and then the beautiful things that are now associated with it and that kind of replacing that pain. Like a reframe. Yeah. And then I also found I've done acupuncture Mm -hmm. around my incision. And it's interesting because normally I do a lot of acupuncture and uh, like pre-babies and just on the regular really. But normally I would just zone out and I meditate and I just completely like pass out during any acupuncture sessions. And every acupuncture session around my incision, I would get so emotional and I'd close my eyes and it would just bring me back to the OR. Oh, wow. And so I think that that acted actually as a healing mm-hmm. to my mind and my relationship with the incision at the same time. Um, but I cannot recommend acupuncture enough to anyone who's had a C-section. Uh, the improvement that I've experienced from since I started it, which was about uh, two weeks postpartum. Wow, that's early. Okay. Yeah. So you can start it around two weeks postpartum until I'm still doing it. I have probably around like two more sessions to go. The breakdown of like all the scar tissue, I'm already feeling feeling back. So for anyone who doesn't know, you experience a lot of numbness around the incision and that can last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, a lot of people don't ever get that feeling back. So I'm already getting feeling back in those areas and just breaking down scar tissue so that you should be able to actually like lift your scar up. So when you squeeze around it through like lightly, obviously, once the scar is healed through massage, you should be able to lift the whole scar up and like it shouldn't be stuck. And if it's stuck, what Jen, my pelvic floor physios, unbelievable, has taught me if it's stuck, that actually leads to issues with the pelvic floor, with your bladder and uh, incontinence because your bladder actually can't fill to the maximum amount that it normally could and so many other things. So the importance of catching this in like the first eight weeks, to be honest, is really important to try and break that all down. So uh, so many people I, I, you know, posted about this and a lot of people don't realize that this is something that you can do. Um, but if you're still experiencing pain and like, uh, especially you get these surges of pain or numbness around the scar and it bothers you even a year post, two years post, acupuncture can still help. Yeah. That's, I think, a big one because people might, you might listen to this and go, well, I had my cesarean a year ago, two years ago. Is it too late for me? Mm-hmm. Right? And you're saying that it's obviously in a perfect, the, the best time to start is like right after, but the second best time to start is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that has been something that's been amazing. You recommended castor oil packs and sent me, Nikki's the best. She sent me like the perfect postpartum, obviously gift basket. So of, random, so much random shit in it. But all the things you need, like that is exactly what I wanted to receive. That and carbs and candy, like <laughs> what you did include chocolate. So dark chocolate, of course. Um, but all the things you want in a gift basket, including castor oil. And I'm like, cool. So what do I do with this? <laughs> Rub it on your tummy. Yeah. And your clogged milk. Packs. Well, now I can I have got a clogged milk duct right now. So I'm gonna do that tonight. Yeah. But I especially after you'll notice as you're like healing from your C-section, um, if I've done like a little more than I should in a day. Some of the indications is when you're starting to not bleed so much, if you've seen increase in bleeding that day, you know, that's an indication you've done too much. Mm -hmm. And then secondly was, uh, any inflammation. And I get like really inflamed around the incision. I put a castor oil pack on that night. I actually put this oil, which I'll put the name in the show notes because I can't pronounce it. It's like, who told you about this oil? My natural path. Okay. 
And I put that on before the castor oil pack. For like like a bio scar. oil, like for the, the visual appearance of the scar? Both for that and putting it around because it also helps with like the nerve and inflammation. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so putting that all uh, on the actual scar and then I put the castor oil pack on and with a warm compress yeah. and it reduces the inflammation like within an hour. Lexi here. Okay, so let's shift to another under-the-radar, not-so-hot topic for a minute. Body hair. Everyone's got it, but a lot of us want to live smoother. Am I right? Ten years ago, I started Wax On Laser and Wax Bar. Wax On isn't just any waxing and laser hair removal bar. We are the industry leader creating a safe space that inspires people to live confidently in their own skin. Over the years, we've developed trust. Trust that you know you're getting the best quality and comfortable experience every single time. Whatever you come to Wax On for, it's going to be awesome. We've created our own exclusive gold wax formula that's like no other. It's as pain-free and long-lasting as it gets, perfect for all your waxing needs. At Wax On, we've invested in top-the-line laser technology that's effective on virtually any hair and skin tone for effective results on every body. Seriously. And we carry a carefully curated collection of products. Some we make ourselves, locally I might add, and some are from brands we've fallen in love with that adhere to our values and standards of clean, good for you, and female founded. If you haven't experienced Wax On, I invite you to enjoy 20% off your first service with code WEGOTHERE. Visit waxon.ca or download the mobile app to book in with code WEGOTHERE because there is such a thing as a better hair removal experience to help you live smoother. I think it's also important to mention because, you know, you've experienced obviously a certain type of recovery and I can relate to my mine were similar to your first two where you kind of have this idea after you've gone through birth once you're like, okay second recovery you're like you kind of have a sense of the timeline right you're like mm-hmm. you know by you know six weeks post I'll probably four weeks post I'll be feeling like this and you know in now you're just like holy crap, like the timeline has changed so much. And you even said, you're like, everything's taking longer from your belly to contract back down your uterus, you know, your uterus had a massive, not only one, but two incisions. So it's Mm going to take longer to like contract back to its pre-pregnancy size. And so managing those expectations is probably, it's so hard. I was at my worst physically at like three to four weeks. Okay. Like that was when I was experiencing this massive ended up being nerve pain. And you don't know that that's a thing because you'd expect that naturally with anything you're healing over time. Mm -hmm. And to even a piece of clothing that touched around my scar, it was, I've had shingles before. It It was exactly like that. It put me through the roof. So that was just, I, I didn't even understand I was so confused of how this is now happening at this stage in the game and I still can't move. And now I'm back to not being able to walk barely at all because it keeps, everything's getting worse. Mm -hmm. And at that point you just feel like that, when is this going to ever end? Cause you were like doing Peloton at like four weeks postpartum with your vaginal. Oh, I mean, we've all seen, we, we have the picture of me peeing my pants postpartum out of Clark and that was No, running, we don't like, recommend running. No, no, no. Before I don't three rec- months postpartum, there's evidence around this. Lexi knows now, but like just as a comparison to, and it's so hard. Oh, like, to- I was working out, like I was fully working out 
back to like my routine by that stage. I, again, so fortunate in my first two experiences and also overdid it, I believe, but, and to now be not, you know, a walk around the block is pushing it. And mentally that's gotta be hard, right? You're Mm -hmm. just, I mean, you talked about that already. You lost your outlet. Exactly. And when I would mention this, for example, on like Instagram or something, or share with a friend who's gone through a C-section they would, they would be like, oh yeah, no, that's, I mean, dark times around that stage. And I was just, I didn't understand how this had not been better leaving the hospital. For example, you weren't like better prepped of here's the timeline. Everyone knows the six weeks. I also know that six weeks is bullshit. So, and it totally depends. So now I'm very confused on what the expectation of recovery is when you think naturally you'd get better each and every day, you kind of you move in the same good, better direction. I mean, there's obviously variability and we know that emergent cesareans tend to take longer to mm-hmm. recover from right. than planned ones because they're done. Think about even just the surgical skills. Like in an emergent situation, you're under pressure, there's time. Like you might have to do things in a manner, not to say you're you're not cutting quarters, but it's, you know, it's different than if you got like the playlist going and then the lights dimmed and I know my taking friend their time. did that. It nice. <laughs> the gentle birth, right? Like you're gonna. It's, th- it's a very different scenario than also the cortisol associated with a dissociation, like something you weren't expecting. Your body is going to have a different physiological reaction to that experience than if you knew all along this is happening. You yeah. know, I'm feeling empowered about this experience. And I had an arm in me for 50 minutes prior to my emergency C-section. So, I mean, I was definitely mangled as well as they did in what they could do. But having like Violet stuck and an arm prior to that, trying to get her out, I get it. (laughs) Because I have have friends who have had C-sections and they weren't emergency and their recovery was great. Yeah. And they would think of vaginal recovery would be worse. And there's probably people listening to this that may have had both and actually also experienced that their C-section recovery was really good. Right. Also, people have had both, a really yeah. rough one and a good one. It's funny. We were talking about the pooping. And I was oh, yeah. like, tell me all, because I'm like, I'm like, Lexi, I haven't posted this reel yet, but I'm going to post this reel. Post and, poop, and, and you were like, it's great. great. I'm like, okay, I'm glad you pooped. And I was like, what are your C-section pooping tips? And you were like, you, you basically were like, it wasn't that big of a deal for you. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. I mean, and for, yeah, vaginal, I didn't tear. So it was, it was fine. Everyone, that's the one thing I did actually know to expect to expect. And I didn't mm-hmm. actually have a hard time with it. And then with C-section, it was more the fear around like the sneezing and that pressure. pressure yeah. On the incision. Yeah. Yeah. Coughing. Which I did have a cough, unfortunately, oh. yeah, and going into it. So and it wasn't like, cause all the meds you were on that can often make people more constipated or you had a catheter, obviously. So peeing. Which I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I hadn't had an epidural before. Right. So I didn't even know until I think like the days going into it that you, you needed catheter. a catheter. <laughs> I was like, I wait, what? I told you, I'm sorry. I no, I was like, you. wait, what? Like, what? how is no one saying like, and you get a catheter with an epidural? I thought it was just like needle and you're good to go. Like if with Piper, I would have had no idea if I had had an epidural with her, like mm-hmm. going into it. I had no knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. whatsoever so what's it like peeing when they take the catheter out it sucks <laughs> it was it was like 
I didn't know if I could pee. Did and I like you didn't have the sensation. Yeah. And I really wanted to pee because I just wanted to get out of the hospital. I wanted to leave so badly. And so they make you pee to, to see if you're ready. Twice. To go home. You have to pee twice. Oh, sorry. You need to fill up to a certain line. Oh. Oh, yeah. I had to pee into a bowl. I should what? have just added water. What? No. <laughs> sorry. This is something that I think we need to all talk about. You. So the rule is that you need to fill how much? Like a cup? It was, uh, it was quite a bit. Like it, I can't remember the exact number, but it was one of those like, um, things that go onto the toilet and catch yeah, the yeah, pee yeah. and it's got a measurement up to it and you have to hit the it's certain performance amount. Performance anxiety. A hundred percent. Especially when like, I really just wanted to go home. So I should have, but I wasn't even thinking clearly. I should have added a little water in there. And I'm not recommending that, obviously, but you and know. then you, you, I love that you also mentioned the nurse, and you were like, "You're this is like such an indication of when you're at a hospital, and you're also like a veteran mom at this point, and you're like, I just want to go home to my own bed." Because it's like, what, what you, I mean, you tell the story better than me. What happened? She's like, whipping the curtain open. It's three in the morning. Oh my gosh, constantly. And we have twins, so every, you know, anyone knows, even with a singleton, like you're just getting woken up every minute as soon as they go down. But now we have twins. So one's not down, the other's not down. We hadn't slept a wink, like maybe 20 minutes. And finally they'd be quiet and we just lay down and then lights on, <laughs> curtain open, ready to go, feeding time and needling their feet and all the things. I'm like, don't wake them up. And then I put her, um, one of them on my boob my favorite part. and she's like, you're suffocating him. You're like, I'm like barely a B cup. So. I, literally like my milk hadn't even come in. So I'm sure I'm still an A and I'm like, I'm sorry. And she's like, your husband is going to have to push your, this part of your boob away from so his nose. So you don't suffocate him. You're like, we're going to have to get a lactation consultant in here. And I was like, I have breastfed two babies so far i think we're good like please let us go back to sleep and like, you're like this nurse definitely did not have kids oh no no absolutely She's not like she 20. Kids. no no yeah. kids no kids no kids she, i mean and she said it with such conviction wow good i mean i got you gotta respect the confidence like such conviction i felt really uh yeah i felt did um, you doubt yourself well, I mean, I was so out of it, too. out of it that I was very confused. I'm like, okay. And I start going like this and then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And I can't even do it. Cause I'm trying to hold him. And she's like, no, your husband. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like that, that's where I draw the line. Like if two of us have to feed one baby, we have twins here. Yeah. Like, what are we supposed to do? So that was definitely not happening. So you were like, um, I want an early discharge. So thankfully you were able to do that. You said, cause you had midwives that were going to come and help you out at home. But then I love this part, which is kind of so screwed up, but you had said in the past with your two uncomplicated vaginal deliveries, they, no epidural, no epidural. They, and you, you could have like jogged to the car, but they were like, Nope, you're going to have to take a wheelchair out. Yes. Wheelchair with the car seat on me. Adam pulls up the car. My midwife pushes me out wheeled. I have pictures of me wheeled out with both. and. I'm just, yeah. So, and I totally could have walked. I was like, all right, I guess I'll wheel on out. It's so weird. It's so weird that I guess it's different by hospital. But anyways, and then this time they're like, you got to fucking walk to the car. And you're like, you can't make it to the car. You can't leave. <laughs> and you're like hobbling. Like, please, please, a wheelchair, anything. Oh my gosh. But I, I needed to get out of there. So I, yeah, I hobbled. It was not close. It was a distance. I think, I mean, it's got to just be, they're, 
short shortage of wheelchairs. Government's <laughs> cutting back somewhere because like this was just this rule was just ridiculous. And then you get home and you've got I mean, the, you gave the scar tip, like showing the boo boo to the older kids. But then how do you I've heard so many people say, don't do stairs. And you and I live in like a townhouse, yes. city, urban, like tall, skinny houses. So your bedroom's on the third floor. So yeah. How, how do you navigate that? I had to use the stairs. Um, You're not supposed to. I'm not supposed to. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is probably where I overdid certain things because how am I going to go and hide in my room? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I found really challenging with C-section and twins is at times like you really want to be by yourself. You just need like a minute. Yep. And I have two kids, obviously that need me as well and then not to be able to do the stairs and go to like a hideout so I would try and be on one level for majority of the day and then I would plan so my time was like around two o'clock that I would go upstairs and that would be my time to try and like sleep or just Mm -hmm. time out to for me Mm -hmm. um because of twins I can't feed by myself and that used to be my outlet with Mm -hmm one baby is I'd be like, oh, great. I'm just going to go and I've got to go feed. Mm -hmm. And I would just hide out and feed for as long as I needed to be alone. Yeah. But with two, I needed someone to help me breastfeed them. So I literally, I mean, I still try and find, it's really hard to find alone time, but I just tried to manage and not do them as frequently as possible, but I was definitely doing them, unfortunately. And I, I don't, I don't know how, unless you put a bed and people do. Oh, but Again, this is harder when you have like a four-year-old and, a, and I, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old also. And if, as soon as I lie on the couch, it's jungle gym time. Yeah. Like, mommy! Yeah. You know, they jump on you. They oh, want to totally. cuddle. They want to play. They want to do airplane. It's like you got to hide. And just forgetting something on like oh. another level and then having to ask someone just to go up and grab this one thing yeah. is the most annoying <laughs> You feel like the most annoying individual of all. Time. Like, oh, and I'm forgetful on the best of days. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I forgot the pillow for the babies. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And it was your high maintenance. But know. you're not high maintenance. You think you are because you hate to feel like dependent. Mm-hmm. People want to help. Oh, I know. I know. And I'm lucky. Like, Adam is amazing. And Honestly, at times, I think he has the harder job with taking the two bigger kids Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there with the two babies because they're going through their own things. Like there's so much change. School. You just started JK. Just started JK following, welcoming two other babies, which take up all my time. You know, it's so hard. And I think the other part with bringing a new baby home and having other babies at home and that adjustment period is recognizing we are so much harder on ourselves than what even our kids see because I beat myself up because I'm on the regular pre-twins of missing pickup or ballet one day or whatever. And now it's Piper saying, why can't mommy come to soccer anymore? And I'm like lying in bed and tears streaming down my face because I feel so guilty that I can't be all the things right now. And I can't. You can't. It's so heartbreaking. You got to just, she doesn't suck. I know. And that's what I'm like, they're resilient. They are resilient. And 
start having a memory. You know, we and we talked to Rue Parenting, whom we have done a podcast with, uh, Karen, and she's awesome. And we talked with her about like meltdowns and uh and it's like working in your mummy daughter time and making it just uninterrupted time. And those things really special to make up for the stuff that you're not or mummy son. Clark's like, whatever. He's so chill. Like, <laughs> thank you, Clark. <laughs> so chill. <laughs> But anyways, that's outside of C-section. That's just like multiple, multiple children's yeah. at once. The mom guilt, right? The mom like, guilt is so huge. The last tip actually I will say that she gave was not the last one, but uh, that of bringing babies home mm-hmm. to other children mm-hmm. is having them not be in the home. And then you're coming in as a unit, your husband or partner, yourself and the baby into the home while the children are already there because it makes them feel like they've missed something. They, they're they not part of the family. Where were they? And now they're here. Oh, so what did you do? So we had them out of the house and we came home and everything was just the babies were sleeping. Like the, everything was kind of set up and Adam, actually they ended up being at camp. So Adam went and picked them up and they recommend one parent going to get them. So whether it's from whomever is taking care of them at the time while you're at the hospital and then bringing them home and saying, I want to, you know, it's so exciting. You're going to meet them. And do you have your presence ready or whatever for them? Cause they have something for you. And then bringing them in with one of the parents versus basically them they're at home and you walk in being like hey the two parents with the kids right okay so one parent with the kids coming in to the mom because they know the mom's the one having the baby right yeah so or you know and so the other you know partner being able to bring the kids in i like that that's a really good tip i know so we did that with them and they were really excited i mean they love the twins thankfully but they don't like me, but they love the twins. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to listen to this and go, Mommy, we do love you. I know, I know. One day, maybe. Okay. Anyways, is, those are tips. Good. These are good. And then the episode is with Nicole Alfred. She's a C-section recovery coach. Yes. And we're also doing something with Tila on birth trauma. We have other episodes on birth trauma. So we'll link those other yeah. related episodes in the show notes for anyone who wants to dive in a bit more deeply. Totally. It's interesting because the season was kind of like coming together prior to this whole experience, yet the episodes are very much (laughs) catering to my experience and I'm very grateful for it. (laughs) All happened for a reason. But don't worry, we throw in a few sex ones coming up and uh, other juicy topics. Other juicy topics. It's not all heavy. No. No. It's fun. We're fun. (laughs) We're cool moms, not regular moms. Thank you, Lex, for sharing. Anytime. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.